the five love languages, and how to strengthen your connections. Hi, I'm Jeff Scott, and I want to welcome you to the Love and Sex Podcast. During this show, we are going to discuss everything related to relationships and sex, from the ordinary to the controversial. While I'm not a doctor, I'm here to share my experiences, mistakes, and the valuable lessons I've learned to find love and happiness. This is the Love and Sex Podcast. I want to welcome you in. I am your host, Jeff Scott, and we have a special guest here today, and she will actually be joining us on several episodes, Um, but my fiance, Allison, is here today. So welcome, Allison, to the show. Thanks. I'm excited. So we're going to be talking about uh, something that Allison and I have talked a lot about in today's show, and it's called the five love languages. And this is a essentially a system that was designed by a marriage counselor, a very famous marriage counselor. His name is Gary Chapman, and he's actually sold over 20 million copies of the Love Languages book. And he has a lot of other products if you go on to the five lovelanguages.com website. They have love languages for children, for men, for teenagers. Uh, so there's all sorts of different things that you can look at if you're interested in basically improving any relationship or connection that you have. And their whole motto at the five love languages is that relationships don't have to be complicated. And the whole premise be- behind the five love languages is that you are going to strengthen and improve upon your connections. And really, in like I said, in today's show, we're really focusing on on improving your connection with your partner, but there's other aspects in your life that this would apply to. So in connecting with your partner, um, the love languages is really interesting. And so we're going to jump in and just really name off quickly what the five love languages are um, so that we kind of have a better understanding of of what we're talking about as we move forward. Um, So Allison, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, one of the five love languages? Um, Well, my favorite... Uh, love language, which is my primary one, is physical touch. Physical touch, right. So, right, this is the act of just touching somebody in kind of an affectionate way, right? It can be just rubbing their arm or rubbing their head or something along those lines, but it's just something pretty simple, right? Right. Any kind of intimate touch, and it could be something very small, like brushing your hand or something like kissing, hugging, um, and everything in between. Right. So it's not something that necessarily needs to lead to sex, right? This is just something that could be done while you're watching TV, or it could be something while maybe you're out at a friend's house or something having dinner and you're sitting next to your partner and you're like, you're holding their hand under the table and rubbing it or something like that. So it doesn't have to be major. Right. I think it, it it's all different levels of touch, but I do think in my opinion, people that have physical touch as their primary love language also tend to be people that are a little bit more sexual and and enjoy that type of touch as well. Okay. All right. What's a, what's another one of the love languages? Uh, quality time. Okay. So, and, and interestingly enough, um, that's my primary uh, love language is quality time. And obviously this uh, is, I'm not going to go too deep into this. We're going to, we're going to circle back to this, but obviously this is really about the time that you're spending with your partner, right? So it's pretty self-explanatory, pretty obvious, but that's really what it's all about. 
Um, and I want to come back to quality time, like I, like I just said, because I think quality time for what we're going to talk about in a few minutes here is probably one of the best love languages to talk about. And that will make more sense in a few minutes. So go ahead and give us another one. Uh, another big one. I think this one is, is, is pretty large as well as words of affirmation. Yep. And it's interesting because although this is not one of my top two love languages, I also think this is something that's pretty important to me. And I've only recognized that more recently. Um, and for a lot of people, this is their primary love language is, is any type of words of affirmation. I'm proud of you. Um, great job. I love you. You're important to me. All those type of things. Right. So this, I mean, this is really another one that's kind of wide open. Um, I know because Allison and I were talking about some of these things before we actually did, did are doing the show today, but uh, it can be as simple as, you know, your partner has an important meeting that day or something. And, and somewhere after, you know, the, you know, the meeting's going to be over, you might send them a text and, and say, how did the, how did your meeting go? Right. And uh, you know, I'm so proud of you. Great job. And those words of affirmation like that can mean a lot to people because you're remembering them, you're giving them encouragement. And then like Allison said, you can, you know, it, it includes all the I love yous um, and all those meaningful type things that you can say to someone that just feel kind of heartfelt. All right. What is, what's another one that we have? Um, acts of service. So acts of service. It's That's an interesting one. Um, what would you see as a as something that falls under the acts of service. Yeah, I think it can be pretty much anything, but I would say for for a female, if you had your partner that, you know, mowed the lawn for you and helped you with the dishes and helped with laundry and things that are tasks that you would be doing, that them taking them off you off your plate is them showing you that you're important to them and that they love you and that they want to do something for you to make your life easier, make you happy. Yeah. So I think it's pretty common in relationships, right? That we kind of have a division of labor where we all tend to do certain tasks consistently. So I might mow the lawn and you might do the laundry. And just one day I come home and you've mowed the lawn or you come home and I've done the laundry and things like that, uh, that people are used to doing day in and day out when their partner steps up and does that for them. And like you said, it makes their life easier, just makes their life a little better because it's one less thing that they have to worry about throughout the day is a great way to appeal to that person. And what is the the last one? So the last one is receiving gifts. I think this is pretty self-explanatory, but I also don't think it needs to be high-priced items. So I think a lot of receiving gifts is also related to the thought so if your partner is thinking about you during the day or sees something that they think you would like or sees something that reminds them of you and they they give you a gift, they, they purchase you a gift or uh, pick up a gift for you, that's a different way of people showing love as well. Right. So I think you touched on the important thing and, and that's really what they focus on on the Five Love Languages website is that a, a gift doesn't have to be this extravagant, elaborate super expensive gift that, you know, costs $500 or $1,000. It could cost $5. The part, the, the part that they really focus on is that the gift is something that is very heartfelt. So it could be a matter of just picking up your partner's favorite flower. Uh, you know what flower they really love or something along those lines. Maybe they have a, a favorite coffee somewhere and you stop and get them their favorite coffee. So it doesn't have to be expensive, but something that really just shows that you put thought into something that they appreciate. And how funny is it too that neither one of us have receiving gifts as a primary love language? I think it's probably fifth for both of us. Um, but this year we both purchased each other Christmas ornaments 
without the other knowing it um, because we were thinking about each other and wanted to, to give each other a special Christmas ornament for our first Christmas as being an engaged couple. So um, it's kind of funny that even though that's not our primary love language, it's every love language is a piece of everybody's life. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And and I know, Allison, you might be thinking, what's this primary love language thing? And and when you go on to the five love languages website, uh, that's where you can actually take their quiz so that you can figure out what you have for your love language as well as your partner. And if it's been a little while since I've um, done the quiz, but Allison actually introduced me to it. I had never heard anything about that. And you stumbled upon it maybe almost a year ago? Yeah, a couple years ago, actually. And, and it was a friend of mine that we, um, she, she helps people with relationships for a living. And uh, I had been struggling with relationships and wasn't really feeling very um, good about the situation. And we talked a little bit about the love language. This is the first time I had heard it. Um, it was based on a book, but I didn't purchase the book. I just went online to the site and learned a little bit more about it. And I was fascinated because things make so much more sense now for relationships that struggle, even when both partners are trying, if they're not understanding the other partner's love language, they're not going to get nearly as far as they think they are. So if my love language is physical touch, but you tell me you love me all day long, but don't hug me and kiss me, then it's not going to mean as much to me as someone whose primary love language is words of affirmation. So it was fascinating to me. And I think reflecting upon past relationships, I recognize that the love language's importance um, and understanding your partner really can help help with the connection immensely. Right. Yeah. Those. That's a, a. That's actually a lot of information and a lot of good points in there. So when you go on to the to the again the five love languages dot com website, you take this quiz, and if I remember correctly, it's somewhere around fifty questions or so, and you will get a kind of a primary love language, and then you'll get like a secondary love language. So for me, it came out that quality time was number one, and then. Um, physical touch was number two. And if I remember correctly, yours was touch followed by quality time. Correct. Yep. Okay. So, so we had very similar love languages, which is also interesting because those two things are really what most appeal to each of us. Um, but like Allison was saying, I think we've all been in relationships where you do something for somebody and their response to it is kind of lackluster and you're kind of annoyed because their response isn't what you expected. So you might be doing, I think acts of service is a common one. You, you may come home and do the laundry for your partner because that's one of the things that they tend to do and they get home and they're like, oh, you know, thanks. That, that was really nice of you to do. Not that they don't appreciate it, but acts of service isn't their love language. Maybe the physical touch is or the words of affirmation is. And so you kind of feel like, what the hell? Like I just spent three or four hours doing laundry and you're acting like you don't even care. And this can start fights between couples, right? Because it starts to get into, you never appreciate anything I do, right? And we've all been there and seen those types of relationships or types of uh, arguments unfold in relationships. So we can kind of see, and, and that's to your point, Allison, how you start to see like, once you know what really matters to you in a relationship and what matters to your partner, when you focus your efforts more towards those things, you can have more success and less of those kind of those petty fights because of just a simple misunderstanding of what matters to each other. 
Right. And I, I think a big one, it's, it's popping in my mind as you're kind of telling that scenario as well, is we'll just say your primary love language is quality time and your partner um, is away a lot. You're, there's not a lot of quality time, whether you've got work obligations or children or other family things going on, traveling, who knows what it may be, but quality time is just not where it needs to be. But your partner buys you gifts everywhere they go. They bring you back gifts. They know that they're not around a lot. They know that you're not connecting. So they are showing their love for you with a gift when all you want is time, which is what they can't give you or, or, or you're not getting what you need there. So it's, that's a major disconnect. And your partner is probably thinking that they're doing the right thing by purchasing you gifts or you know, showing that they're thinking about you when ultimately all you really want is the time. Right. And, and when we were naming the, the five love languages, I said that I wanted to come back to quality time. So I'm kind of glad you use that as an example. And my question to you, and, and I'm going to be speaking a little bit in code. So it may not, the question may not resonate with you where I'm going with this, but we'll see. Um, once you know your partner's love languages, is it enough to just know their love language? Or do you think that you should have a conversation that goes deeper about what that means to them? Um, I don't necessarily think you need the conversation out of the gate after you learn each other's love language and you're, you're working through that. But I do think there's different layers to every love language. So we talked about physical touch and it could literally be holding hands. You might hug and kiss the person every day, but when you're out in public or in the car, you're not holding their hand and that's really what they want. So I think without them communicating that to you, you're not going to understand. I'm hugging her. I'm kissing her every day. But what she, me, might really want is for you to hold my hand because I just feel just as close to you when you're kissing me as when you're holding my hand. Um, and same thing with quality time. Quality time could be, you could be spending all day together, but you're in a group of people or you're also with your children or you're also with other friends or family members. So one partner may think, well, we had a lot of quality time. We spent a lot of time together this weekend. Well, the other partner really meant quality time one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so I do think eventually, if it's not clear out of the gate, that those conversations probably should take place. Right. And, and as I was saying, like quality time is a big one for me. And Allison and I have had conversations about what quality time actually means to me because it, it, it's different for everybody, right? You could have someone who thinks is, well, has quality time as a love language. And for them, they may say, every year we're going to go away for two weeks on vacation. And to them, those two weeks meet the quality time for their love language. That could, that could be for them. Another person might say that, hey, every month, you know, I want to go out once or twice you know, a month and we're going to go out to a nice dinner or we're going to go on some sort of date. And, and for them, that is their quality time. For me personally, my quality time is more of a daily thing. Like I like for us to have quality time. And usually it's like sometime after the dinner hour where we're sitting down for a couple hours. And for me, it's about having no interruptions or distractions. Right. And, and that's, I think so hard for so many couples today with the distractions and the interruptions because of the cell phones that we have and, and, and we're always readily available and we really don't take enough time, in my opinion, to disconnect from everything a lot of times. And so, you know, you can, you can be in the same room, you can be in the same house, you can be all these same things. Like you were saying, you can be with, with family, you can be with friends and you could be there all day, but that may not 
feel like quality time to the person who has that love language because it's it's not just the two of you sharing time together. So those that's where I feel like sometimes it's it's worth having that conversation with your partner like okay, so your love language is physical touch, but what does physical touch mean to you? Cuz like you were saying, maybe they're not going to be satisfied with just the hand holding. Maybe physical touch is a little bit more sexual <laughs> in nature for them uh and they want to feel more of that type of feeling, or maybe they're completely satisfied just sitting next to their partner, watching TV, holding hands, and that completely satisfies their physical touch. So there's a lot of things um, that can come from that. So that, that's really interesting. Um, so you you learned about the five love languages a couple years ago, and you you feel like after learning about the love languages and and seeing it in practice, do you feel that the message they're trying to convey about simplifying relationships and strengthening connections. Do you feel that the love languages actually connects with people the way they're hoping it will? I do. Um, and I mean, I do think a piece of it is related to communication, right? So just having the the topic, just being saying quality time or, or words of affirmation is, is not always going to be enough. There's going to need to be more communication about it. But I think it helps bring an understanding, especially when people have a lot of things in common, but their love languages are different. So they're in a relationship because they enjoy doing the same things. They have a lot of the same values. They have a lot of the same family traditions. There's just so much about their relationship that looks perfect on paper, and they love each other, and they get along great, and there's so many wonderful things. But when they get further into a relationship, there's just disconnects and um, hurt feelings, and those type of situations take place, which I know I've lived them. Um, And a lot of that is because of the different love languages. And the first time I learned of them and I saw the different – types of love languages, it was so clear to me how some people struggle, even though their relationship looks like it should be perfect. It looks like they have so many of the key components to having such a great relationship. Um, But this is just who they are internally. Like love means different things to different people, whether it's genetic, whether we're born that way, or it's based on our upbringing or things that we've learned along the way that are important to us. I, I don't know where that comes from. Um, and why two people in the same family would have different love languages, right? Right, that's um, true too. And uh, and we know we know that to be the case with with friends and family members that we have who have the same parents and were raised in the same household and have completely different love languages. But it's, so it's an internal thing for people, things that they're comfortable with. I think it really, when I first learned of it and really reflected back on relationships that I had had, it was mind-boggling to me how. Even when two people were trying in a relationship, if they didn't understand each other or didn't communicate the important things to them, because they might not have always understood what they were. Um, And I don't think I did 100%. I mean, I know obviously I'm uh, an affectionate person. I knew that was important to me, but I didn't realize how important it was to me until my friend introduced me to it and I did a little bit of research on it and I've just been obsessed with it ever since. I just think it's such an incredible thing to learn about. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is that it is one thing to know your partner's love, love language and recognize your own love language too, because I think I know when, when Allison introduced me to it, I was taking the quiz and I kind of thought that physical touch was going to be my primary love language. And it came out to be quality time. And I was a little surprised at that, but when I think about, when I sat back and kind of reflected on it, 
it it made me realize that how much I really did value quality time. But I think sometimes we have these feelings or these thoughts in relationships. And I feel like the the love languages and, and just going through the quiz and, and learning what your primary and, and secondary love language is, I think it kind of just puts a little bit more clarity into what you're feeling. And sometimes we don't always understand what we're feeling. We don't understand like, geez, okay, what I was feeling there was I was actually looking for more quality time or I, w- I would have valued more quality time or words of affirmation or whatever it is. Um, I think the love language just just helps kind of clarify that. And I don't think the love language is, is something that necessarily is going to just fix every relationship, right? By any means, because just because you know what someone values and appreciates, there can still be a lot wrong with the relationship. And that's not going to be the saving grace just because you know that someone wants to hear I love you or they want a small heartfelt gift that that may just may not save the relationship. And in the last po- the last podcast that we were, that we did um, talking about the seven principles for making marriage work um, by Dr. John Gottman, one of the big things he said in his book, and one of the things that uh, we touched on in the podcast was, you know, hey, my book isn't going to save every relationship, but he also said, nor is every relationship worth saving. So, love languages is the same thing. I think it's it's a great way to strengthen your connection and strengthen your relationship with your partner, but there's still other aspects that you have to that you have to work on and focus on to make sure that those connections and things stay strong and you already mentioned communication. So we know how important that is. For me, it was a lot of fun introducing this to you. So, it is something that I had um, believed in, you know, when I learned of it with through my friend. And then after meeting you and falling in love with you and talking to you about it and your openness to also wanting to delve in and see what it was all about was so much fun for me. And then you recognizing also, and you can probably reflect back on other relationships that you've had, is this information may have helped a relationship to an extent. But if they weren't the right relationships, they weren't the right relationships to your previous point. Um, But it's a really fun thing to do together. And it's a really great thing. Like we've done a lot of things to explore in our relationship as far as um, talking as much as we do and understanding each other's past, understanding each other's uh, quirks and fears and um, things that make us tick. But this is just a fun one because there's really nothing negative about it. So whether your love language is, you know, receiving gifts or acts of service or whatever it might be, they're all good things and they're all important. So even though receiving gifts is not high on my list whatsoever, a thought, a thoughtful gift that came out of nowhere that might have basically zero monetary value means more to me than, you know, an expensive gift or an expensive trip or any, something that was, you know, planned or well thought out. It just means that my partner is thinking about me. Um, I mean, and it's the same even for other relationships. If someone's thinking about you and they, they, they bring you a gift because they've, they've seen something that reminds them of you or that they think that you would like, that's a, that's a really special thing. So there's nothing negative about any of the five love languages, um, which I think makes it such a fun thing to talk about and such an interesting uh, piece of a relationship. Yeah, I agree. And I do remember when you introduced me to it and you were telling me about it and we were talking about it and you're like, go on and take the quiz. And I think you just actually like texted me the link to the five love languages website. And so I went on and I, I did my quiz and then it was just really interesting, you know, to sit down and talk about what you had and what I had. 
and it is like it is more of like a happy experience. So it's not like you're going to do this with your partner or something and you're going to, and it's going to create this big argument because of something, you know, that comes out about you. But um, as you know, we are big proponents on this show of communication with your partner that is completely open, honest, and candid because it is such a freeing experience. Um, The other thing that I think is really interesting is without even doing love languages, you can sometimes figure out what your partner's love language is. So I know, even though I know Allison's love language, and I think we're all guilty at at times of doing this, and I know I am, but she will say something about, you're not touching me enough, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Um, So, you know, that's a sign right there, right, that, that she likes physical touch. There may, and she said she touched on how she likes words of affirmation. So sometimes she'll tease me and be like, you know, you haven't said I love you enough today, or... I've been the one to say I love you all day because we tend to communicate through text throughout the day. And a lot of times the text is just an I love you. Um, So she'll tease me if she's doing it more than she's getting. (laughs) And so those these are all signs, though, that if you hadn't done this already, you can kind of start to get a feeler for what your partner's love languages are. Now, what's interesting about that is she she will joke about those things, but words of affirmation aren't in her primary or secondary love language, really. It's kind of one that's down the list a little bit, but still one that's important to her. And the same could hold true for your partner. So you can just pay attention to some of those signs, um, you know, as you as you go through the relationship. Uh, but this is, I think this is a good thing to even do early on in a relationship, even when you don't necessarily know each other that well. I think it's one of those things that you can do together. It's uh, just one of those areas where you can learn a little bit more about each other. And I think by doing this, you're also going to spark some conversation because you could start asking questions as to, you know, well, where do you think, you know, if whatever it is, physical touch is your um, love language or uh, receiving gifts is your love language, you could, you know, just ask your partner, what was it about? you know, your past couple relationships, how, how do you think it fell short in meeting your love languages? And did you take the time to really understand what your partner was looking for too? So I think, I just think it sparks some interesting conversation where you can learn a lot more about each other. So that is essentially the five love languages. And I think where we're going to end the show today, unless you, Allison, can think of anything else that I might be overlooking here or anything else that we could provide about the five love languages. No, I think we did a good job touching on each of them and kind of providing a couple of examples on how they've affected our lives and our relationships. But um, we highly recommend people check them out. It's, it's like I said, it's a fun thing. It's all positive. Nothing's right or wrong. Um, but it really does help understand and, and help build the connections with your partner. Absolutely. So what you want to do again is you want to head over to the number five, lovelanguages.com and you can just go through the website it's it's very easy to follow and understand um it's set up very well uh and there's a top uh tab on the website to take the quiz so that you can figure out what your primary and secondary love language is uh again do this like Allison recommended do this with your partner and maybe before you guys do it write down what you think your primary and secondary love language will be and as you go through the test and get the results, then obviously circle back and compare that to see how close you were. 
I think that's also fun because I kind of did that when Allison was uh, pushing me towards that. So uh, go to fivelovelanguages.com, take the quiz, get your results, see what you think, um, share with me uh, what your results are. I'd love to hear it. Don't forget to go to Facebook. You can go to the love and sex podcast group. Um, and you can request to be part of the group. Again, this is really just trying to be a, a private, uh, member community where we can talk about the different shows. We can talk about different relationships, uh, issues and, and topics, and maybe you can share some thoughts that you might have for future shows and things you would like to uh, have discussed. So thank you so much, everyone, for stopping by. I know I'll speak on behalf of Allison that we both appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show today. And uh, again, let us know what you think about today's show and what you think about the five love languages. Thanks a lot and take care. We'll talk to you soon.